Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Playing. Are we going live? Fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are just here to rab it on about one of our favourite weekends in the rugby calendar. The Six Nations is back, and let's not waste any time getting into it, other than to remind you that uh, we are on Acast, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get uh, an RSS feed. Uh, Thank you very much. Tell your mates. We get new listeners all the time, especially this time of year, and uh, we really, really appreciate you being with us. Um, that's me, Tim. That is JB. Hello, Timothy. In his walking attire today. No, cycling, mate. Cycling. I'm one of those guys now. <laughs> He's a big cyclist. Big into it. I mean, he- I've gone through, uh, what have I done? My list of hobbies include CrossFit, Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> cycling... Uh, but are you still keeping the plate spinning and just no, doing more? God, no, 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 no. You no. go all in with one and then give it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 50, 50 sessions of CrossFit in something like uh, eight weeks. Why did you stop? Uh, I just got bored of it and then went yeah. cycling instead. Well, you completed it, didn't you? I completed CrossFit, yeah. <laughs> I got, got to Jeremy Cudmore level. Completed it, mate. <laughs> Jeremy Cudmore. <laughs> Jeremy Cudmore. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, Jamie Cudmore. And uh, Elliot Daly lookalike, stat man Phil. Phil Lager over there. Hello, Tim. How are you doing? Very well. Did you uh, soak up every minute of Six Nations? Every single second. A little bit of LV Cup. A little bit of Sevens. Anglo-Welsh Cup. Uh, sorry, Ang- Anglo-Welsh. Yeah. Um, I-, I fell asleep... Uh, a little so just full full disclosure i have caught up a bit but i fell asleep for a bit of france v island did you yeah why um i was just in a hotel bed and just oh just you had lb cup all week didn't you yeah so i i worked in northampton on friday night and then rather <laughs> i mean i could have come back to manchester and then gone back to coventry for an early start on uh, sunday morning or i could just get myself the 20 mile journey from northampton to coventry and stay in a hotel, watch Six Nations Ooh. all day and just chill You even sound a little bit hoarse, Tim. No, there's no reason for that. Okay. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I did miss a little bit. And JB? I watched it all, mate. I yeah. watched Wales versus Scotland on the train, streamed it. It was absolutely great, peace and quiet. And then I <laughs> got back, I watched the Ireland game at my brother's house. And then today I raced up the... 56, back to Manchester and watch the England game. Lovely um, job. It was okay. Oh, by the way, your mate Tom Brady says hello. Oh, Brady, great <laughs> guy. Great guy. Got stepped by uh, Rob Miller. He did, didn't he? <laughs> he got turned inside yeah, out by Rob Miller. I, I saw that and Rob Miller had a, a good angle on him, to be fair. He did. He, the, he was in a tough position. And the he fella before should have tackled him. But that's that's Anglo-Worst Cup. We'll it get is. on to, if we, if we have time, and I probably doubt we will on this, on this occasion, let's get into the Six Nations then. And... Um, uh, all right, I'm going to put this one out there because this seems to be where a lot of people are talking. Two people, are, uh, the big headlines from the weekend are people are talking about uh, Wales. Yeah. People are talking about um, England and some of their players, and people are talking about 
France's misdemeanour. And Johnny Sexton. Yes, So Johnny. which one of those big four talking points do you want to start with? Long, let's dive into Wales, and I'll tell you why. Because it was the most entertaining and probably the most relevant game. Uh, I'm definitely up for that, yeah. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, it is the most... I think we learn more from that game than we did from any others. Yeah, so probably start with Scotland. This will amaze you. Maybe it might not. But I thought that Scotland were actually not not that bad. What? I, I thought they were about 5% off. So they got into some very good positions. They mm. made some very good breaks and showed some real positive things. The problem was the clinicalness, the yeah. finishing, the composure. They repeatedly got into Wales's 22 and were turned over, dropped the ball, knocked on, and Just came like, away with nothing. I mean, things that went completely their way during the Australia game in September, or whenever that was, or November, sorry, just weren't coming off. And that game, it could have been four tries to nil for Wales at half-time, but it equally could have been two tries all. I mean, there wasn't that much in it. And interestingly, the stats also back that up. Oh, do they? Yeah. The clean breaks, defenders beaten, territory, possession, they're all broadly equal. Um, tackle the the one thing where Scotland really fall behind or the two things their line out wasn't as good no their line out wasn't as good and right. their, their overall metres made wasn't as good it felt their scrimmage was a bit weak as well yeah they both teams lost one scrimmage is that, is that all it was yeah um, although the percentage wise Scotland were worse but it, I think you're right I don't think they were a million miles off but it was that clinicalness and that composure that they lacked which created that goal. Yeah, and I think like as soon as they went behind and they stayed behind, their self-belief went. And then when that happened, like Cornell Dupree, is that how you say his name? The number eight. Uh, who Cornell looked... McPreer. Right, we've got to stop this now. <laughs> we've got to stop this. Unless you're going to start calling Dylan Hartley, Dylan Hartley Smith, uh, Dylan Hartley Smith or something like that. <laughs> Dylan Gardner Hartley. Hasn't, yeah. has, hasn't Dylan Hartley got uh, an English Dylan, mother? Dylan Wallington Hartley. Just, just to stop you, hasn't, uh, I'm completely with you broadly speaking, but um, say on Nathan Hughes, for example, hasn't Dylan Nathan, Hart- Na- hasn't Nathan Dylan Hughes Hartley Hungerford? Got, yeah, hasn't Dylan Hartley got an English mother? Same him. with Ben Teo. Ben Teo, definitely. Hartley's been in the country since he was like 13, yeah, so I do so think that's... That's very different. Still speaks like a Kiwi. I mean, he, he does a little bit. To yeah. any to any Irish fans that might that might get uh, might get wound up by Bundy Oaki or by um, or Scotland fans be Cornell McPreer, I'm the same with English players that have been naturalised in in the same way. Okay, fair enough. So. Um, where was I? Cornell <laughs> the Yeah, I just thought like gave up. Really, didn't look interested <laughs> at all. I, I'm really I'm really interested that you two have kind of seen it as they weren't that far off because. The way I saw Scotland was, they, there's that old cliche that gets used, you have to earn the right to go wide, and Scotland didn't ever bother to earn the right. They thought they could just chuck it side to side, side to mm. side, and it. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I, well, it just doesn't make any sense. They did get some change when they were going wide early, particularly early on in the game. Yeah. And there were times, not, so, not as much in the scrum, but there were times when... Uh, their forwards were bullied a little bit by... And that's what I think. I think the fact they they had all these front row players out, they were anticipating that they might get bullied up front. I don't think they... Again, certainly not in the scrum. They did in the line-out, and they did get bullied a bit up front. But I think they anticipated that, and psychologically they were thinking, uh, and maybe they were set up, and the way Gregor Townsend was talking, and he's a very positive, attacking-minded coach, 
maybe it was we've got to the way we're going to win is by having a crack and I just think yeah. they just had a crack too early and the perfect example is Gareth Davis's try I mean oh. like what you're in a test match in February with an open air in Cardiff where you've never won well you haven't won in a long time a long yeah. long time more than history like <laughs> yes play your attacking game but what are you doing yeah, yeah interestingly, that was telegraphed, wasn't it? One of the commentators said about that, and he might, there might be something in it. He, he said it came after uh, like two minutes of open play or something. And he just said that Ali Price looked absolutely shattered and wanted to get rid of the ball. I thought there might be something in that, you know. Just, I've got the ball, must get rid of it, absolutely exhausted. Well, it was... So, I think it has uh, a bearing on it because um, it was a really poor decision from Ali Price because Finn Russell was at the bottom of a rook. Yeah. And, and he passed looking for Finn Russell when Finn Russell wasn't there. It was just forwards, like, dotted around. He should have identified that, not taken the two steps, and just hit a forward on a short line. That was nil-nil in the first ten minutes of a test match. Now, Come I, on. I've got to say, uh, me and Ali Price have actually both had the same problem in a game, and <laughs> our experiences are very similar. Uh, I was playing a game in the Isle of Man. It was a friendly against Vagabonds, uh, and... As a joke, I said to the coach, I'll go on and play scrum half. Usually play prop or second row or flanker or whatever it is, right? I was playing, sec- I was playing scrum half. I was doing all right. But the other part of, this, part of this gag was that they substituted the fly half for our tight head prop. <laughs> Connor. Do you remember him? Yeah. About, yeah. About 18 something. Good, good no, hands. No, I was going to say, he's got good hands. And I have seen Connor nail a match-winning conversion yes, from the yeah. halfway line. We'll talk about that later. The opposition were cracking up laughing <laughs> as this massive, like, 20-stone... Uh, tight head, head prop, prop. Well, the lines re- up a kick. He nailed well, it. We didn't have a kicker, did, did we? This no. is when we used to play together. We didn't have a kicker, and the coach calls corner, corner in the wind. But of course, because he shouted corner, it sounds a little bit like corner. It's like, well, our designated kicker is the tight head prop. <laughs> On comes the tee, na- uh, nails it from about about halfway. To it be was fair. halfway. <laughs> Win the game against top of the league. So yeah. Anyway, they they bring on corner. And because I'm looking around for my fly half, didn't know who it was, through the, through the pass, and it was so slow, I got intercepted from scrum half. Can you imagine <laughs> that? And that's basically what happened to Ali Price. Yeah. So and they didn't learn though. This is this. this well, they didn't learn from that because they 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 carried on. They doubled down, and and I get that that's maybe how Scotland were going. They were getting some change. But it was really naive. And what you got to remember about that Australia test, there was a lot made of it. And yes, they played well. And yes, it was a big yeah. win. That was against 14 men for the majority of the game. Yeah, it was. And, you know, the other thing which deserted them was the clinical of their rucking, the clinicalness of their rucking. And if you look at what Glasgow is based on, which is what Scotland are based on, it is that clinical rucking game, which means they can play from anywhere. And as soon as that goes, everything goes. And the loose passes didn't help. Finn Russell throwing offloads which he's entitled to do because he's so good at it just didn't come off today well i'm gonna make a a little segue you said you know it was slightly off from glasgow and that's the way they play which is the way scotland play wales had a very scarlet's feel about the way that they played well warren ball warren ball lives (laughs) it's it's great to see warren ball warren ball warren ball is the process of selecting the best (laughs) The best system for the, the players biggest, available. The biggest players available. Well, if the biggest players are available, he plays a different game. But, you know, fair play to him. I mean, how long has he been in charge of that team? Ten years. Ten years. And just decided one day to reinvent it. Throw on Josh Adams on the wing, first start. Well, it wasn't the first start, but the first start at fly half, I think, for Reese Pratchell. You know, he just 
basically well, let the boys play. He 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 took Scarlet's blueprint, what worked, and away you go, boys. Well, here's here's a question, and and I will say this by likening it to Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones opened up the Six Nations in 2016 with Ford and Farrell. Everybody fit. I don't think he does that. Therefore, I don't think potentially if ev- if he had everybody fit that way of playing and that dual playmaker axis may never mm. have been uncovered it may not have been taken to australia and done so well etc and it, so what i'm what i'm actually saying here is you say fair play gatland he, he picked those guys and yes fair play he did select those guys and they did do very well however everyone fit does he does shingler start if if uh, would, no he does now but shingler would, might would, have actually he may have no he no he wouldn't no he wouldn't he probably he wouldn't, wouldn't start no. everyone fit shingler wouldn't shingler have started, started. No. If patchell wouldn't have started nope. Um, Josh Adams probably wouldn't if George North was no, fit. No, Josh oh, Adams wouldn't have started. I think Josh Adams would have actually. I think that's the difference. Um, if George, no, if, if we were, if now, George, if, if now, George North game in the Anglo World Cup, which he was very good by the yeah. way on Friday night, was a week or two weeks ago, I think I think George North goes in that team. Potent- well, and also, but, you know, if Alex Cuthbert's fit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all bets are off. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't. So, I don't think George North stops them playing the way that no, they played. I no. tell you, who does stop them playing the way that they played? Sam Warburton. Dan, yeah. Dan Bigger. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, possibly. Yeah, you're probably right because Dan Bigger's natural instinct is to play like a natural ten. But isn't it just amazing what opportunity affords people to do? Mm. You know, opportunity is equally as important as talent in a lot of cases. And I think this is a perfect example. Well, do you know what else is a perfect example? Do you remember when Warren Gatlin came in and he had this big impact straight away? What did he do in his first test matches? Ten Ospreys. Yeah. Well, I kind of... Yeah. Now there's ten Scarlets. Now, I don't like talking about myself, but <laughs> a couple of weeks ago I said, maybe not even last week, like, like, good international teams have to be predicated around a good a good club team. Yeah, you were yeah. Saying, talking about Eddie Jones go to Exeter. If in well, Exeter. And by the way, that looked like it worked all right today. <laughs> yeah. um, and I wonder, if, yeah, just you know, what Scarlet's are doing. Well, is we great. could do our ten-minute Don Armand chat here if you want. No, no, no. Yeah, let's oh, yeah, with, yeah. Well, let's stay with Wales. We'll get to that. Uh, I, I, I think it's a huge amount of credit to both Gatland and you won't believe this, Rob Howley as well. And the reason I say Rob Howley is kind of just the sense to get out the way, like in the Lions, he just got out the way. And that, you know, that actually, in some respects, is quite, is quite, I mean, it doesn't show he's a coaching genius, but there is something in that when you don't know, at least admit you don't know, you'll be in a lot better position for it. Yeah, I I can kind of see, it's like a, a very backhanded compliment, isn't it? It's incredibly backhanded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Gatland, in fairness to him, has been there for 10 years, and Eddie Jones has not managed to hold down a, a job successfully for... Oh, sorry. What's that? What's going on here? I just you just reminded me of something. So this is your new theme tune for Rob Howley. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. If only hold, that, was a, that was a clean yeah. one. If, if only hold the tackle shields and put up the cones around with that song. <laughs> Fill up the water. Um, so I, 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 I'm not trying to not give Gatland or Howley credit because their team was set up to play the way it played yeah. and, it, and it executed it brilliantly what, I guess what I'm getting at is and I'm not saying that this is only them and I'm not trying to take it away because I think Eddie Jones accidentally stumbled into his best playmaking axis in Ford and Farrell and I'm not sure that would happen if everyone was fit I think Gatland may have it may be a happy accident that he had nowhere else to go but where he went and he wouldn't have gone there had he had everyone available. Yeah. And this but isn't that just the story of sport? Oh, I mean, mm. who is playing tonight in their sixth Super Bowl? 
Tom Brady, not our mate Tom Brady, the other Tom Brady. Yeah, the, the second best Tom Brady. Second best Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> and he only plays because Drew Bre- Drew Bledsoe goes down. So. Well, or Nick Foles, who could win the the Super Bowl and Philadelphia Eagles' first ever Super Bowl. Um, by the time you listen to this, you'll know whether he did or didn't. Um, he was the backup, and he, he was never meant to be starting quarterback. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. So, fair play to Wales. I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for Scotland. Uh, yeah, sorry, just before we move on to Scotland, or back to Scotland, which of Wales's players who are out would add significantly in that style of play? So, Warburton, so- I say, would not... The the only one I can think of is well no two I'll give you two actually right. Liam Williams at fifteen oh, yeah yeah oh yeah he knows a bit about Scarlets as well or uh, on the wing or well yeah or on the wing but well, yeah Halfpenny finished Go off, all out all out all court play yeah Halfpenny finished off two tries and kicked impeccably but he didn't add much coming into the line going know, forward do you know I kind of think he did I, I was watching him thinking like what a difference a move makes uh, as in like a move to Scarlets. For his all-round play, and also he was just so solid at the back. Yeah, he's very, very solid, which so, does allow a bit more flexibility for the wings. So Liam Williams and the other one is pushing Scott Williams to twelve and JD. I love Hadley Park, so I Hadley like, Park, I've got a yeah, lot of time for Hadley well, Park. Push uh, Williams to the bench then, and have JD at yeah. thirteen. Hadley Park, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Parker, the, Parker Hadley the other one that you missed as well I think would be Falatau at 8 oh of oh, course, of course. Yeah, Falatau yeah. would be tearing up yeah. by the way it's Rob good, Evans is so good it's a good point actually those three players like he strengthened that Wales team yeah. that, that played so well I mean Tipperick is a, is a guy who's going to come back into the reckoning there has to Right, I want to make an apology to one particular player. Well, no, I don't think it's an apology. I think it was fair before. He got some stick over the Lions. Bundyaki, CJ Stander. For going on the... Um, <laughs> for, go- for getting called up by the Lions, he got a bit of stick from us. But I've got to say, if you're picking a Lions squad today, just on the strength of one performance, Corey Hill is on the plane. He was absolutely <laughs> outstanding. He's all right, isn't he? He did very well. He was yeah, outstanding. He did well. And that's probably the best game I've seen Alan Wynne-Jones have for about four years. Yeah. So, a good friend of the pod, Brim Williams often talks about second rows because he's a second row kind of guy. So <laughs> when the team was announced, some raised eyebrows because I watched the Saracens versus Ospreys game and the annihilation of the Saracens pack by the Ospreys pack. And you were calling for Bradley Davis. Yeah, like Bradley Davis is a, a monster of a man. He's, you know, he's the most scary nightclub bouncer you're ever likely to run into. <laughs> and then when, um, when Corey Hill was picked, you know, the one thing that uh, Brim was mentioning is like, well, he's pretty good at offloading. And well, there you go. Yeah. The game plan works. Particularly good. Yeah. Um, Scotland just kind of mentally shat the bed a little bit. <laughs> sort of panicked. Rabbits in the headlights when they were under pressure. That that mental yeah. that mental resilience. That's the bit that worries me more. Yeah. So I think they've got the skill. If they can create the platform, they'll do things. But it's the... It's the Getting into the position and not taking points over and over and over again that will be the most worrying thing. That mental resilience, could that also, linking it back to the club side, Glasgow are a little bit guilty of that, aren't they? Yes, when they they're are. on their game, they're incredible and untouchable, but you just rattle them a bit and they fall, They can fall to bits. Yeah, I'd mm. agree with that. Yeah, they just need a little bit more... Just, just need to be a little bit more solid. Mm. Yes. It'll be interesting to see how the how Scotland get over that. Because that I, will be a big knock to their confidence. Because they were going into this game, they've been talked up, 
He had a very good autumn. Uh, and Glasgow have been playing well, very well in the Pro 14. Who have they got next? Uh, good question. Uh, it's um, it's Wales, England, Wales. It must be Ireland or France, obviously. Uh, Scotland host France <clears throat> yeah. next Sunday. Mm, I think they'll bounce back. They'll, they'll be all right. Hmm. Although, well, oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. As we segue between games, let me just um, say thank you to everyone that joined our ESPN Fantasy League. <laughs> yes, here it comes. Um, <laughs> what? Here, here comes what? Obviously, there'll be um, prizes and recognition for, for the people that do the best every week. Um, do you know we've had like nearly a thousand people in our league? Have we? Yeah. I've not still not signed up. The President's Club will be... We'll be in the league soon. Well, you haven't even <laughs> signed up. No. Uh, so we've got we've got almost a thousand people. But there's a hundred thousand people on planet Earth. So one in every one hundred people. Wow. On no, the on, on the ESPN fantasy. Did we work out how many people were on planet? Yeah. Earth no. It, it's a slow build. It's a slow build for, <laughs> for uh, they'll they'll need all of the eleven digits of the yes. of the league in of the uh, league ID code to uh, to co- to cater for all the many billions of people that are going to um, <laughs> 1,000 leagues each is what we need <laughs> yeah but we have 1,000 people and um, how do you get on Phil? Uh, 119 or something like that in our league? Uh, no sorry I was about 70th in our league about 119 points 100, that's pretty good that's really good so where, where, are, you, you like, where, where, where are you overall? Come on, Tim. I don't, tell us I don't you know. I've not got it in front of me. Okay, well, I, th- I think we should announce who are who are the top of our league. Go is... on. <laughs> it's me. Oh, what do you know? Yes. I didn't see that coming. Out of 105,000 people, uh, I am top of the Egg Chasers lead and 38th overall. overall. Well, very make good. Sure, make sure we make the playoffs this year in Fancy Draft. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, yeah, and it's quite tough with that. Another, That's very good, mate. Another notable thing. Uh, we are top of the league of leagues yes, as well. Yes, there we go. Of course we are. Highest average score. Uh, although I do think it only counts the first chunk of our fans because our average score is very, very high. Well, well, one in a, well that's, but, what, that's what happens when one in every hundred people go to the ESPN site because they're an Egg Chasers fan. Correct. Absolutely. Have that. Absolutely. I, I hope ESPN know what side their bread's buttered on. Yes. So top of the league of leagues. We'll have a, we'll Tim have is a... top of the. Tim is top of the top league of the league of leagues. Yeah. And we'll have our, um, yeah, so you can ESPN if you've got a box for Twickenham, the Ireland match. Yeah, why not? We'll take it, I guess. <laughs> You're not doing anything. Well, let's let's talk about those boys in, oh, sign up for our, um, so add, add yourself to our league. We've got, um, I'll be making sure I pick my um, my jersey that I'm going to take as my prize for being the, the best this week. Well, oh, which jersey <laughs> do you fancy, Tim? The Japan one. That's already yours, mate. You I know. You know <laughs> I'll have it, though. Yeah, you want it back? Um, no, I'm not going to take that. I was going to say, say Haguarez. Which one would you least want to take in the venue? The, the one I would least want to take. Oh, um, those the Super Rugby jerseys are pretty minging. Um, How about no? Do you know what I was going to no, say? No, it's, it's, it's the it's the it's the Cardiff. It is the Cardiff one. The Cardiff that is the correct answer. BMIBaby.com jersey. What, what about the um, the what the Newport Gwent Dragons signed jersey? I was going to say that's got that. Falatel signing that one. It has, but I tell you why you wouldn't want that one, or you would want, or you want to keep it. It's not the worst jersey here. It's kind of like owning a Sinclair C5. It's an item which is so terrible, you want to keep it for like <laughs> for, for like that novelty value. Kitsch, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when dragons are like the best team in Europe in twenty years' time, you can wear that and say, "Yeah, I had." This. I, I was always I, a fan. I was always a fan when they, when <laughs> when no one ever turned up to Rodney Parade. I was, I there. was there every week. I even got yeah. 
<laughs> I think Palicci's signature is on there, on there somewhere as well. Uh, let's segue to the to the yes. Yeah, so add yourself to our fantasy uh, ESPN fantasy league. Um, join the one in every hundred people that are doing it, and come and win some uh, top prizes with us, and see if you can take on Phil, who's doing very well, and me, who is doing, doing extremely even well. Um, the code is on our Twitter account, Rugby Podcast. Um, yeah, so twitter.com slash rugby podcast. Code is right there on our pinned tweet. Mm-hmm. Let's segue to those boys in green then. Okay, let's do that. And the the clackers of Johnny Sexton. Okay, well, first of all... He's got a pair of giant clackers, that fella. He's, he's, he is good. Um, very well, nearly the ultimate choker, wasn't it? Yeah. So I mean, let, Let's not take our eye off the ball here. So... Johnny Sexton deserves an enormous amount of praise, not just for that kick, but for that whole passage of play. Yeah. So his restart was exceptional to Hendo mm-hmm. to tap it down. Uh, his crossfield kick to Keith Earls, oh, which was so risky but so well executed the under nuts such, of the guys under such pressure, that. and then the ultimate drop goal. Phases. Yeah. So that that was magnificent. I don't think Johnny Sexton played very well. I I think no, I, I think for seventy eight minutes his defence was exceptional, but some of his passing and some of his decision making was uh not Johnny Sexton like. So yeah, I thought Ireland was so disappointing because there was a sense of arrogance I think with that side. I thought they thought they would just roll into Paris and everyone has kind of forgotten that Although France might be one of the lowest teams in terms of caps, it's probably one of the highest teams in terms of in terms of salary numbers. So these aren't bad players, and I just think they they went in completely not unprepared, but well, mentally unprepared. I mean, they knew what they needed to do, but they didn't do it. I, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, um, I was really really disappointed. I've been uh, talking Island up as uh, probably the favourites for the tournament going into this Absolutely game. Absolutely agree. Um, and they did some things very well. What they, did they do well? Uh, well, they controlled the game for a lot of it, as in territory and possession. Mm-hmm. They had more than double what France uh, what France had. Um, France, uh, sorry, yeah, France made two and a half times as many tackles as Ireland did. Mm-hmm. So they had all this territory, they had all this possession, they had all this opportunity. And that's where it ended. See, that worries me, actually. I don't think those are good stats for Ireland. Like because... the... oh, sorry. No, no, because um, if you have that much possession, you've got you've got to score. Yeah, yeah, and almost if you combined Scotland and Ireland, do the do the yeah. do the hard yards and then let and then let the boys play. But they just tried to go up the middle, up through the guts, well, and didn't ever really throw a didn't ever really throw a punch. Well, on on, on that so here's a really, really good stat from the comparing the two games. So Wales beat sixteen defenders, eighteen clean breaks. Scotland beat nineteen defenders, wow. ten clean breaks. Ireland, fifteen defenders beaten. How many clean breaks? Two. Uh no, I'm just just for the hell of it, none. Zero. What? Not a single clean break. France and France were very poor. Apart from Teddy Thomas's try, France were very, very Teddy poor. Thomas. Going forward, yeah. Um, France only two clean breaks. And I guess the problem here is the French play in the top fourteen, the meat grinder. They've had a coach in for six weeks. That coach has a panel of six other coaches that rotate in to help him. 
And the island team are almost like a fifth province, a fifth overarching province that has complete control over the other four provinces. Yeah. And they are one of the ultimate setups in world rugby, and yet they couldn't get the job done. Really worrying. It is worrying. And I think, I think Schmidt and his team need to take uh, a lot of the, the responsibility for this because it, it appeared to me that Ireland were playing this. So Ireland have got some outstanding uh, strong ball runners, some crash ball runners. Yes. Healy, McGrath, Furlong, James Ryan, who, uh, who had a great oh, test. He did. Hendo. Hendo C- yeah. CJ Stander, the two senders, Centres, Aki and Henshaw, Stockdale coming off his wing. You've got multiple strong runners. But that seemed to be their game plan. Was just that it was almost one hour off Murray or Sexton. And if you if you were gonna pick a league in the world not to play that tactic against, it's the top fourteen. Exactly. They tried to beat France like by playing like Toulon. Yeah, they did. Mm. Uh, and we mentioned this before the podcast. Who is the second Irish playmaker? Uh, well, it's it's Murray and Sexton are the, are the two, um, but they can't both be doing it at the same time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, which has made me think, like, in a very simplistic way, is that why Sexton does all his little loop things? Because of course he needs to be in lots of places and lots of times in order to get the ball where it needs to go. But I, I do think the Sexton loop historically works when those big runners that we mentioned are getting that front foot ball yeah. because the defence is kind of scrambling back and out of position and it creates more time and space for Sexton that wasn't happening here tell you who I liked a lot for France is Gordon is it, if that's how you say his name the 8 the number 8 I thought he's he's like an open side for La Rochelle he's great isn't he yeah he just works so hard he, he's, he's got a big engine on him Girardo talk about engines Girardo oh he's a hero heroic. that man yeah. he is isn't he he, he was magnificent Girardo I, mean, I, I wonder how far this French team can get, I, so the, the worry about France uh, from a very kind of over uh, do, you know, do you know the phrase that I hate I'm going to tell you a phrase I hate a view from 30,000 feet it's such <laughs> awful corporate chat <laughs> a, a view from 30,000 feet do people actually say that in your line of work well that sort of oh, thing oh oh mate oh can I just tell you a quick story very <laughs> very quickly right so I was in an investment meeting the, the other day and I said investment meeting because of my, my job, I basically sell pensions and investments, right? So people try to so sell So basically, like, I'm imagining the Matthew McConaughey speech with the Fugazi, Fugazi. Oh. It's not, that's, that's basically what was being said, It yeah? wasn't far off that. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this guy from a very well-known investment company, and he came in to see us, and he's talking about his economic outlook. And he says, yeah, well, you know, there's probably going to be a slight correction in the market. And then his sales guy, who's next to him, who's a you know a rather flash fifty year old bald head, big watch, goes, yeah. So what will basically happen is everyone will take the money out of the markets, go on holiday, have a G and T, then ram it all back in. It's like, oh well, that's brilliant. I'll go and put that in my client report, shall I? <laughs> like, who are these clowns that they wheel out to sit, you know to, to come and talk to me? So um, what was what were we talking about? Uh, thirty thousand feet. Yeah. So thirty thousand feet view. Why I worry about France a little bit, and tell me if you think I'm absolutely mental here. Um, they don't really have much New Zealand influence in them. So if you look at obviously Wales have New Zealand influence and also Ireland, Ireland New, obviously New Zealand influence and historically Scotland have yeah. as well. And England have a very strong rugby league influence in in them, and a lot of the modern teams do. France neither have rugby league nor New Zealand influence, and I wonder if that's going to affect their attack. I mean. Are they going over to the Southern Hemisphere and copying ideas, or is this just going to be more top 14 
strategy in baby, baby steps. It's only the first time they've ever sacked a coach uh, recently, so it's that, that that was a first. That's them moving on. Yeah, but, but equally, I, I like like Scotland are playing with or trying to. It didn't really work, but they're trying to play with an identity that they've traditionally had. When Scotland had good teams in the nineties and the eighties, they played with this quick, quick rucking, fast tempo. And England play with a really big, gnarly, horrible pack. Ugh. And um, France, what I think Brunel is trying to do, and you saw glimpses of it, just glimpses, and again with the selection of Jalabert, and it's a shame he and Dupont are both going to be out for a while. Well, I mean, that's a nasty head knock, isn't it? Two, oh, oh, God, yeah, we need to get onto that. Two horrendous head Two horrendous head knocks. Um, yeah. It knocked. It, it, it's such a big knock on his head that his um, posterior cruciate ligament has popped out. That's a hell of an impact, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so but they're trying to go back to that French identity of the the offloading game, the the, the flooding support runners through little holes. Um, and if he can get that going, then I don't think yeah. you need to look at New Zealand or anyone else because that's that's in their DNA. Hope and so. I- but if they can, because I, I didn't see any evidence of that from this no. game at all. The uh, the only positive conditions were yeah. a mitigating factor, and that, that's fair that for both sides. That's fair. But the only positive from France's or the the two positives, I did think their defense was excellent, mm-hmm. and they put in some shuddering hits. Um, and if they can get the ball to Teddy Thomas or Virami oh, Vakatawa in space, then they're as dangerous dangerous as anyone. Vakatawa wasn't so good, but Teddy Toma was well, he was Teddy Toma again. It was it great just, to see. Just that just that try. Nothing Rapid. else. Just, just get the ball to him or Vakatawa. Just He's quite something. In in space. And that's probably as good a game plan as you can come up with in six weeks. Teddy Toma, um Johnny May will be a nice little matchup. Yeah. It will it will be at well. Those two and the two England wingers, because yeah. Watson was uh, fairly handy. Mm, yeah, we'll come on to that in a second. The, um, <laughs> Head injuries, come the, on. The interesting matchup is between the authorities and the French medical team and or coaches. Well, like, could potentially be someone s- struck off here for this, well, Do- doctors-wise. What's going on? What, hap- okay. what, what happened as far as you I'm can see? I'm trying to think now, could you get struck off for... An infringement, a, a sporting infringement. The answer is: did, did the Bloodgate doctor get struck off? Well, that's no, but the, the physio, physio did. did. The physio, physio did, did. Yeah. which I think is absolutely. I mean, that is when everyone should hang their head in shame. The, the, the most junior person, the lowest paid person in the whole incident, is the one that gets struck off. Uh, yeah, and I, anyway. well, I can't go into specifics, but um, I, I worked for a broadcasting organisation that got a very large fine, and. Um, yeah, a pretty similar thing happened. Where very like the, the lowest rung of the ladder, who were executing the, the the choices of people much further up, the ones that paid and yeah, that's just what happens. Yeah. So um, I, no, I mean look, the laws are there, right? And they're stupid laws. They are stupid laws. I know why, why they're there, but I think rugby union's gonna have to bite the bullet and say we're gonna have to go full into changes if we want to get. Hold on, what's what's a stupid law? The head injury assessment. Yes, because it's so obvious how to get around it. I mean, it's a, it's one of those rules or one of those laws, like you find in everyday life, which is written for the best of intentions, but it's very hard to write good laws. And this is what this is what what's happened. So in the, yeah, there there will be situations where it's hard to prove. Impossible. Like there are people that have probably, almost certainly. I mean, we probably know they have, but we let's stop short of saying that. Taking advantage of the front row laws, oh, re- replacement prop, 
uh, comes on at half time, goes down with 15 minutes left, and the guy who's had 25 minutes breather comes on for the last yep. 15 minutes, maybe hasn't actually been injured. So, so do you remember the season before Northampton went down? They were really struggling in the league. Oh, they used to change their front row entirely. Yeah, they did. Uh, but one of the one of the games that they had, they had Matt. Uh, what was his name? Matt Thompson. Matt Thompson. Steve Thompson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hooker on the flank, and the hooker went down, and they went, "Oh, you just moved Steve Thompson to hooker." Went, no, sorry, uh, he's next door, so we don't feel that he's safe. That they safe to hook, but he is safe to make shuddering collisions. <laughs> yeah. And there was that situation. I don't know if it was earlier this season where. Leicester Tigers seemed to when there was a they brought Harry Thacker on it when Harry Thacker was brought onto the field as a as a injury replacement only for the 10 minute period when they were up a man and then Harry Thacker got injured, injured yeah. at the moment when the opposition got back to 15 so yeah. you had like a broken which was co- which was useful for Leicester because he's very good as a broken field runner yeah well yeah I'm not suggesting that, that was just Harry Thacker got injured injured yeah it's just coincidence. But they're just bad laws. They're badly worked out laws. They haven't thought them through to the nth degree. And France, I'm not, I mean, this is the second time in 12 months, well, third time actually, in 12 <laughs> months that they've done it twice in one game, once uh, 12 months ago. So the authorities should be wise to it. They've not changed anything. It's, it's on the authorities, not so what, So what's, what's the solution then? So what, what you're basically saying is, of course people are going to do this if the laws allow the yes, loophole. Yes, like, like people are going to stow their money offshore 100%. if they're allowed to. And, and I know how to do that. If anyone yeah. wants to just give me a call, <laughs> you know, we've got to charge reasonable fees. <laughs> the, bit, the bit that's worrying for me, so the decision wasn't Nigel Owens, so people criticising criticizing Nigel Owens are wrong the decision was taken by an independent uh, doctor mm-hmm. the, the match day doctor was he independent uh he's supposed to be i don't believe that for a second well, well as in he's supposed to act, I thought he's supposed the... to act independently that might, yeah. that might be the answer though world rugby have their doctors at matches who make that call but not what... not anything affiliated with the yeah, side but what if right just just what if and i'm just making up a, a scenario here you've got You've already got two doctors. I mean, that should be enough for anyone, you know. And the, the team have probably got two doctors within the team. So you've got four doctors, say, right? And a guy goes a guy goes down. Now you've added the fifth world rugby doctor. And one of the team doctors says, oh, the player's reporting headaches. And we've got this history of bringing players off for not wanting HIAs or what have yeah. you. And then they have a little, you know, a little argument, and then the the world rugby doctor overrides the team doctor, says you can't have an HIA, and it turns out he was concussed earlier in the game or something. Yeah. You know, it's if a player says, or yeah. if they even pretend yeah. to have a head injury, yeah. you're what, right. What are you do? do you know what? You're no, absolutely right. But you can't. So in this situation, it wasn't a case of sending Dupont back on, which would be dangerous. Mm. It was a case of uh, it not being. So if it's treated as a, a head injury assessment. A replacement can go on, so Machinot could go back on yeah. as the nine. That's the issue here. That's the issue that uh, Sexton was complaining about. But in the scenario you've just described, it doesn't push Dupont back on. It just means that they, they don't get a nine. No, no, no. It means that uh, Machinot still comes back on. The, the scenario that I'm describing is a world rugby doctor overrides the French doctor. He might be doing it for gamesmanship, but may, what if the guy was concussed earlier on, or what you know? Doctors don't want to be in a position to overrule other doctors in the same way Nigel Owens doesn't want to be in a situation to overrule yeah. another doctor. A- adding, adding doctors. Yeah. And, and you're right. And, and, and if all, all, all a player needs to do is, if 
if you wanted to get off the field for an HIA, you just on the floor, you get up and tell a doctor, be he independent or be I've he your size doctor. I, I just landed on the floor and I'm, I've, I'm, I've got blurred vision. I've got a headache. Yeah, and you're up. yeah. There's lots of ways you could do that because virtually any tackle could do that. I, I so guess what's my... the solution then? Uh, well, I, well, I mean, I, it's person, we could just brush the whole concussion thing under the carpet and move <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so my concern here was that. So there's been instances in the past where the doctors clearly haven't seen the matchday footage. I, I'm thinking mm. back to George North being sent back on, uh, Hibbard and George Smith being sent back on. Oh, George Smith has been sacked. Uh, well, yeah, he spent uh, a week or two in the Japanese prison. Yeah, we'll get onto that later. Wow. But, yeah. So, so, that my, so my my issue procedural is one, errors. Well, yeah, and this seemed like it was a procedural error that didn't cause any. Uh, further harm to anyone because of like players getting set back, sent back on in dangerous situations, but it could do in future. So if if it was an independent doctor who has done that, it it seems like he's not getting the right footage. He's not getting the right information to make mm. to allow him to make correct decisions in future. I think Phil, and it's only what I think. I think that the team doctors are classed as independent to act as independent, so they're not. They're not who you are saying. Well, well, no, it's so whether it, whether that doctor comes from France or wherever, he should be acting independently, as in he shouldn't be lying in order to benefit his team. Yeah, but do you yeah, know what? that doesn't happen. But, but jumping into what JB just said again, I think, and it's made me think a little bit more empathetically. From if I was the doctor, uh, even if I had the, the fully the best of intentions, and I'm looking at a bit of footage and going, I, I can't see a head collision, but the play, but but the player and the is telling me that he's got symptoms associated with a concussion. Well, I I I want a head injury assessment. Yeah, and that and then so all your t- that's just well, that's well, that's individual what, moral call. I, that's I not, nothing I, else. I think I know the way around this. So do the TMO is all about questions. So the question is to the to the doctor, right? So you've done your assessment. You're going off for an HIA. That is allowed. Is this player able to play on in your professional opinion, regardless of the HIA, right? And if the answer is yes, he is able to play on, regardless of the HIA. Yeah, if if he is, if the answer is yes, we expect to see him back back in in ten minutes, and, and unless he fails, I think the doctor would have to say, you know, by his uh, professional yeah. code, okay, this player is not this player needs an HIA, but he's also not able to continue. So you, I'm pulling you from the game straight yeah. away. Yeah. So I, I can see that, yeah. And, and then you don't get to replace that player. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he can't continue anyway, please go for your HIA, but you'll yeah. not be replacing that player. So you get both processes. Yeah. Yeah, I could go with that. Or make him jog off. All right, cool. If you jog yeah. off for your HIA. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. I think what's going to happen is... <laughs> yeah, HIA is at the top of a ladder or something. <laughs> <laughs> make him do an assault course to go. <laughs> There's going to be a, or like just spin around a hockey stick <laughs> and then run off the tunnel. Um, uh, there's going to be a lot said and a lot written, and I think it's going to be quite tabloidy in its nature. There are nuances to this, and there and well, at least I don't see a simple solution, yeah. and I, I don't know what well, know what can be done. Let's, let's just be thankful that it happened against Ireland, and, and their papers are not in any way biased or in any way <laughs> opinionated. And thank God Ireland won, by the way. Oh, oh, we will yeah. never hear the end of this. Yeah, I uh, mean, there, there are factions of every media in every nation. Well, I mean, so, I mean, Wales have got the amazing Wales Online. Yeah, <laughs> and 
it's, it doesn't happen to the same degree in England, and that's not a defence. It's just that that's actually a a symptom of the national media don't care yeah. well, near I mean, as much. No, no, what you say about the Irish media and the English media, they are so far ahead of the Welsh media. It's it's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll t- tell us what you think. Cause I'm, is there a solution? This is the, this is the issue that World Rugby have got. Yeah. How do you navigate your way out of this one? So I do think that France should probably there should be should be some sort of sanction. I don't quite know what and and for and to who and for what. Yeah, sack a physio because people are going sack yeah. the, sack the doctor. But like again, you, oh God, that's yeah. really hard. There and needs to be something because otherwise it's just going to continue. I, well, I think just make interchanges the whole thing. So it's interesting because some people I've seen that um, and. Part of me thinks maybe that's not a bad idea, but then I've so I've seen interchanges be used as a solution to and an additional cause of injuries. So oh, people suggesting that bigger, stronger players come on, hundred percent. Yeah, what, so what it makes you... it, some people, but some people saying it, it's safer because you have more fresh people on, but other people saying, well, if you've got more fresh people, then there's going to be some people who are fatigued, and you have bigger. Isn't there a saliva test coming down the road? For yeah, concussions, for concussion. yeah, they're but trying again, to. they're trying to. But then, just are you going to? It's it's really complicated. Potentially a, a situation with interchanges, not unlimited, but you could have your seven changes and I don't know two interge- interchanges, which you can use tactically, or you can use them for medically. But when they're used up, they're used up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and just tough. Yeah, yeah. If a but player again, goes off with an HIA, you've used your interchanges. Yeah. Tough. I mean, I guess the problem again is then you're incentivizing to hide the concussions, aren't you? And you're back to yeah. square one. Oh, this, see, it's a minefield. It if, you've got, if you've got a solution, at rugby podcast, um, this one will rumble on and on and on. Now let's take a little break before we, we're going to England Island. We're going to get in, uh, England Island, England Italy. We'll get into that. And uh, well, hang on, before on. you move on to that, how would you sign off for this as a professional broadcaster for this game? How would I? Oh, how would I sign off? Well, you see. What would be in my head if I was... Oh, I am a professional broadcaster, JB. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> uh, sorry, a famous one. <laughs> if I was a famous <laughs> professional broadcaster, uh, then I would... Th- what I, I think what you'd have to do if you were a broadcaster is you, you'd think to, what's the key moment of this game? And how can I reflect that in my sign-off? And the key moment in the game, without any doubt, was Johnny Sexton. So I want definitely to make it something about Johnny Sexton. But I don't know what I would do. So I think you sh- we should try and see what a, a, prof- a famous professional broadcaster does as their sign off for the BBC coverage of um, Island France versus Ireland. Here we go. Hang on. Can anyone hear that? I couldn't. Is very, it even coming through? It's very quiet. It's very very quiet. I don't know why it's so quiet. Um let me try and get it. Uh Oh my god. It's all right. It's all right. No, I'm just thinking of what of how bad it is. <laughs> It'd be worth the Not wait. about it. So, hold on. It's, the clip's very quiet, but I'll try and... Um, where is it? Come on. Here we go. Put it as close as I can to the mic. Go. Play. But I'm afraid after that match, uh, all we can do is talk about sex. I mean, yeah, that happened. <sighs> I mean, that just happened. you know, thank God the BBC women aren't going through a, a you know a phase when they're looking for equal pay uh, because I mean this this doesn't stack up well, does it? <laughs> um, 
So that, that... was that was pretty bad. <laughs> that... You see, if it was accidental and it was a Freudian slip, I I love it. But that was that I th- that was deliberate, right? Clearly uh, deliberate. Yeah, of course oh, it was. Yeah. It was some, picking up some... on the, the Salt and Pepper song. Let's talk about sex, baby. Oh, do you think that it was that? You meant? I guess all there is is to talk about. Let's talk about sex. Ton. Oh. <laughs> I feel dirty. I can't even. Can you think of anything better than that? Um. Uh. uh what? Just anything would have been better than that. Yeah. Just saying. Good night. Just go. <laughs> um. It comes down to fine margins. An island. A glad tonight to have Johnny Sexton. I mean, it's not. It's not <laughs> clever. Yeah. But it's anything. Um. Uh, literally. Good night would have been better. <laughs> uh, Ireland beat France. Good night. <laughs> That's it's like the, the intern wrote that. Um, uh, do you reckon it's an anchorman style scenario when she's reading it on the teleprompter? Like, what am I saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, what w- wasn't best. But on on um, commentary and stuff, just jumping back to Wales v Scotland, uh, there was lots of errors made. And it's difficult, and oh, I've, God, God, yeah. I've, I've made plenty of errors, don't get me wrong. Who was commentating? I don't even remember now. Eddie Odie Butler, was, that, was the, no, yeah. that, was, that was France Island. That was France Island. And he, yeah. uh, he, um, he really went for it with his accents. Although I think if, if Eddie Butler's going to do, we've said this before, if Eddie Butler's going to do the French players in a really strong French accent, he needs to do the Irish players in an Irish accent. Exactly It's right. only fair. Yeah. Otherwise it's... Con- consistency. Yeah, absolutely. He did... Oh! No, bigger news than that. Bigger news than both those things. Oh, yeah. What's that? And I'm not entirely sure if it's true. I'm not entirely sure it's real. But it might be, and I've got my fingers crossed. I think it's real. Do you think it's real? I think it's do you, real. Do you think it's real? I don't know where... We, I, I know what JB's talking about. I don't know what's, what's happening. Stuart Barnes has followed me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's real. I Well, tell it you is. what. It is. I think it is. I think it is real. I, I, think, I, I think it is real, and I think he just hasn't... JB asked Stuart Barnes, oh, what, what I'd really love is you to follow me, basically. And he did. Yep. I just don't think Stuart Barnes has done his due diligence and looked down <laughs> JB's feet. <laughs> I, I was like, yes! No... Now, now we're mates. Now he's one of the best commentators ever to live. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Brian Moore continues to do his best impression of Donald Trump continually. I mean, just the way he talks, the way he he views things, his world outlook—it's almost identical, actually. And it comes across in his commentary. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Cotter has got such a lovely voice. I do, he, like, I do like has. listening to him as a as a commentator. Um, yes. Yeah, so, just, uh, just, it's just that, just that, that really soft Edinburgh lilt is just um, do you know, and, satisfying to listen to. Uh, and Eddie Butler, for his faults and his comedy, I think he's quite self-aware of what of what he does, and he does give Nick Mullins does the same thing, a great sense of occasion. Yes, yes, that's get, fair, and that's that's, a, that's really important. I think that's definitely true. He did get a few things wrong. He kept on uh, so multiple times he said. Uh, Henshaw carries it in there and it was Bundyaki <laughs> Rob, Rob Carney carries it in there Bundyaki again yeah. There's one time go on when... Gervin Dempsey <laughs> <laughs> so he said so Bundyaki carries the ball in he says Rob Carney carrying the ball in hard there and then two seconds later Rob Carney actually gets the ball and he just <laughs> he just went completely silent for about ten seconds oh <laughs> uh... well do you remember towards the end of um the magnificent, oh, what's his name? He used to do F one, Murray Walker. Murray Walker, the, mag- yeah. the magnificent Murray Walker. 
But some of the things he would say was so, I mean, like the yellow Ferraris. <laughs> yeah. Just completely wrong. Well, I don't know where I stand on this one. What do you think? So Brian Moore in the Scotland-Wales game, <laughs> Wales-Scotland game, was clearly sneaking in some phrases that were in a drinking game that's been flying around on Twitter, the- inclu- oh. including Donald Trump's Cafefe, yeah. which was so so lazily crowbarred into a conversation um, just to get it because away. Because he is lazy. Because he's he well, he, that, li- he lives off a reputation, right, of being a, uh, being a solicitor. He's never actually practiced. And he he was a hard man in the time when they were playing doctors and dentists. Not, not just a solicitor. Do you know the other? Do you know the other profession he, uh, he's trained at? I do actually. Uh, go on. Um, is it hairdresser or something? No. Is it close? Cl- close. Uh, he's a nail manicurist. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was qualified. Rele- He's relevant about twenty years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and so are his views twenty years ago. But what do you think about like? Because again, I, I don't want to be like a grump. There's a little bit of me going, I I know what you're doing there, but I suppose it went over loads of people's heads. The people that did see the drinking game on the internet might have appreciated it. Oh yeah, I'm being a killjoy. Just whatever. As long as, I, as, I, as long as it's as long as it makes sense. And to be honest, I wouldn't have appreciated it because his his job. I mean, maybe say if it's a club game and you know the kind of people that are watching the club games, fine. But in the international game on the national broadcaster, you need to be a bit more professional because you're bringing in people who have not seen this game before, and you're introduced in, and you're introducing it to those people. So you've got to do your best. So if you watch. Um, you listen to you know Austin Healy has his critics, but he's a damn he's a damn good analyst. As is Flatman, mm. you know the people that do it well. Uh, Nick Mullins um, again, they tell you exactly what is happening and they introduce you to the game. If you're doing your in jokes, just don't bother showing up to work. Oh, I think you two are both being miserable. Oh, I, well, I just I just said yeah. I just acknowledged I was being maybe being miserable and it's fine. It was I, I, it was a quarter of one second at one point in the game. Yeah, you're as, right. as, you a, know, as a nod to something that's a little bit fun. Do you not remember like his? He kicked it away again. Just, you know, do your job. I, Shut <laughs> up and do your job. I loved that because I, I I quite like this is one of the tournaments where I think there should be biased commentators because it it, it is so oh, tribal. Yeah. So mm. I don't have a problem with with Jiffy screaming. Wide outside yeah. Yeah, numbers. I have no numbers. problem with that. I have no problem with Brian Moore. To be fair, I don't have a problem with so, um, Jeffy either. I think I think he's a r- really good commentator, and I love it when he does rugby league as well. Yeah, yeah. So no, I don't have any problem with it. Uh, before we get on to England v Italy, yes, uh, and Eddie's artillery rolling over the Azuri. Um, I've got a brief, very quick quiz. Ooh. Which is inspired by the fact it's Super Bowl Sunday as we yeah. record this. So go. Uh, Who are you supporting? Oh, Patriots. I I think the Eagles are going to win. Do you? Because their their pass rush is really good, and they they've got a really strong running game. I think they're going to ground and pound the Patriots. Interesting, because they've got a similar game to when the Giants beat them twice. In, that's a good point. I want Brady to win because I want to see history. Oh, I, I want it. I want to see him with more more. <laughs> Having needing the second hand for Super Bowl rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if he wins, he will have more Super Bowl wins, him and Belichick, than any individual franchise other than Pittsburgh Steelers. Amazing, isn't it? So, if you had six rings, would you double up and put two rings on one finger, or do you use two hands? I think I'd get like a, a bracelet. Some no um, surgery, cosmetic surgery to add it. <laughs> <laughs> add another finger. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe he's one of the uh, fingers that Jason uh, Jason Pierre Paul no longer, <laughs> no longer has. Um, so, if Brady wins, who will have more impressive hands? Jason Pierre Paul or Tom no, Brady? Tom Brady <laughs> or Cubby Boy? 
Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Ooh. Co- mm. Still Kirby Boy. <laughs> Kirby Boy. Still Kirby Boy. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I'm torn because, I, you know, you, you remember when we were in uh, Philadelphia and just what what a great sporting town it is. Oh, I remember being in the UK. Oh, no, you were When there. you two were in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the Eagles in the Irish pub was such good fun. It was unbelievably good fun <laughs> like I, I, what I would do to be there tonight well, obviously not that much because I haven't gone but you know it would be very very good fun there tonight I've got a very quick quiz rugby quiz but with an American flavour please fire in away. honour of the Super Bowl so uh, question number one name the former NCAA college division one American footballer who who later won the Heineken Cup playing for an I Eng- know. playing for an English side oh no I don't know oh Huh. So and, so he played he was he played American football in college. Yeah. And he uh, later won the European Bing Dan Lyle. What were you going to say? Uh I was going to say TT Lamassetti. Oh, Dan Lyle. Dan Lyle. Ooh. Correct. Yeah, screw you Phil. 1-0 to Phil. Uh to JB. Sorry. Um right, so um I'll let you both answer. Okay. And in fact, no, I'll, I'll do it. Say your name to buzz in, but you have to give an answer straight away. Grab right, okay. Uh, the bell. Where's the bell? Well, there's only one, there's only unless you put it between. No, that's not going to work. No, I, I, I just want it to make you feel comfortable. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, all right. So Chris Wiles play. Uh, Chris Wiles, U.S. Eagle International, emerged whilst playing for Nottingham in the Championship. He later went on to win domestic and European titles with Saracens, and it is he's going to retire at the end of the season. However, he did play for a Premiership club between Nottingham and Saracens. Which Premiership club? You can take it in turns. Take it in turns, in fact, to do it. Phil, have a guess. Oh, oh. go on, JB. Leicester Tigers. Incorrect. Ooh. London Irish. Incorrect. Uh, Newcastle. Incorrect. Oh, God. This is uh, If Wikipedia is correct, this is... Northampton? Correct. No! He, had, he, he played a, f- a few games for Northampton wow. Saints in the, in the season before he joined Saracens. So, which... Former Premiership and current Pro 14 player is the current US Eagles captain. What's his name? I know who you're thinking of. I uh, number eight. Uh, Manu Samoa? Sammy Manoa? No. No. He's currently in the Pro 14. Danny Barrett. Oh, Pro 14. He's currently in the Pro 14. What are you previously in the Premiership? Danny Barrett. Incorrect. Blaine Scully. Blaine Scully. Oh, oh yes. no, my bell! My bell! <laughs> I'm giving the point to Phil. Two that's, on yes. Phil. that's a joke. Blaine Scully with Cardiff. <laughs> so I thought it was a top 14. With Cardiff Blues. <laughs> right then. Um, so, George W. Bush and Bill Clinton are two US presidents who both played rugby union in college slash university level. What positions did they play? You don't have to buzz in, just, just have a guess. Flanker, um, George Bush. You're going for flanker George Bush and, and uh, your, your centre guess, centre George Bush. Both incorrect. He was a fullback. Bill Clinton. Uh, hang on, hang on. Prop. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I was going to make a gag then, but it's not a funny gag. So <laughs> what bother. was your gag? No, nah, go on. Uh, <laughs> fly hall. No winger, winger. Uh, I'm going centre again. He was a prop. Oh, I was going to go for prop. What was, your, what was the gag going to be? We That's, won't judge you for uh, it. Nah, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Um, what is the only major major tournament the USA Eagles American national side has ever won? Churchill Cup? No. Is it the Olympics? Correct, oh, Yes. Two all. 
all. They were reigning champions from 19... For 100 years. Yeah, until, 1908. Until the last... Until, until 2016, you're right. Damn so, it. the final question, then, the decisive question, nearest the pin. As of the 25th of December, what was the US Eagles' world ranking? As of when? The, the last time it was calculated that I could find, the 25th of December, just gone. So, you, it's nearest the pin, so you can both have a guess. I, w- I want you just to... Um, Phil, you write your guess down. Okay. On, on just in your... Just yeah, somewhere yeah. there's a record of it, I've and then JB it. can guess. Just so you don't. Okay, I've got mine. There it is. Okay, here we go. Let me zoom in on that. Fourteenth. Okay, JB said fourteenth in the world. So, what did you write down for? I have also written down fourteenth oh, in the yellow box at wow. the bottom. Well, it's a draw then because uh, you're both wrong. It's seventeenth. Oh, there we go. Ooh, lower than. Not got a tiebreaker. That, um, I guess that was the tiebreaker. That was the tiebreaker. I was thinking that was going to be the tiebreaker. Um, uh, Come on. Uh, all right. You, I'm you, trying to think of one. What about how one. many caps Chris Wales has got? Or something something like that. Okay. Um, I want you to tell me, first person to tell me, the former club of Manu Samoa. San, San Francisco San, Golden Gates. Correct. How yeah. does freedom taste, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From leaders of the free world then to leaders of the Northern Hemisphere, rugby world, England. Uh, very disappointing. Wow. Because, <laughs> um, because it didn't give you anything to prove downfall 2018 oh it gave me loads of stuff to prove downfall 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is exactly how I thought it would go um, so let's talk about Italy very quickly Italy every year come out of the blocks semi-firing good first half On, or haven't they improved aren't they much better with ball in hand yada 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 and then collapse drastically in the last quarter nothing nothing surprising there um, as for England, uh, I'll keep this brief and let you guys talk about it. I felt that they looked like they were playing scared and they only ever opened up once they thought the game was in hand. Uh, when the substitutes came on, there was nothing nothing really much for them to win and they did well. 
But it really worried me that they were conceding so easily. The defence looked disorganised for the first half at least. And they, they looked nervous. Uh, okay, so I'm just picking up on that. Uh, in this, There's an area of concern in wide channels that they were exposed a few times. Mm-hmm. Those, those lofted passes, there was there was men out wide. So I can, I'll can i take that one a little bit. But in the contrasting England with what I was talking about with Scotland, I just think it was a, an absolutely professional job where they steamrolled up the middle and then took the chances when when they were there and like mm. it was it was like um it was, they had they had no intention of going for a, f- a first or second round knockout it was if it takes us nine rounds but we, you're going down uh, i think uh, just on that point because there's a couple of i want to uh, address but just on that point uh it's about i'll tell you the exact time actually 47 minutes into the game england got a penalty in front of the sticks and they were only had three tries at that point and they they took the the points they took the three, so it was a. I think it was a professional job and from England, and they didn't they didn't get carried away from themselves. Um, your your other points, I think there's definitely some fair ones in there. So, um, uh, England did look poor defensively out wide. The mm. two the two tries that Italy scored were both very well taken, but uh, Johnny May and Mike Brown, they both got themselves out of position and they came up and in. So it's kind of a Saracens uh, blitz-style defence, like the old Wasps, Sean Edwards-type blitz, where they were the last man, so they blitzed up. But neither of them realised that the winger was miles outside them and they both had their back completely turned and found themselves out of position, which wasn't great, and that will be exploited by better teams. Oh, yeah. Um, On Italy, so... That's the worst defeat Italy have had in the first round since 2007. Is it really? It is. Italy... So I, I I had a perception in my head that Italy always start strongly, as in their first game they always yeah, do well. Yeah, they narrowly lost to France last year. Uh, so it was Wales last year. Or was it Wales? France it the year before. It was very narrow. To, it was by two points to France the year before. Yeah, that's right. They prevented Wales from getting the bonus point last year. Um, they only... And it was only in the last 20 minutes when they ran out of gas, when Wales actually... They were leading until the 50th minute against Wales last year. Um, they did something similar to Ireland the year before. They beat France the year before that. They almost beat Ireland the year before. And it goes on. Mm. So this is... Italy always do well at the start. Um, and Italy did well for 50, 60 minutes. But England's strength in depth and Italy's lack of depth came through. Um and it's they've got some handy players. Yeah, the, the the three I was most impressed with was Negri the flanker, oh yeah, the blind side, mm-hmm. Boney Bonnie the outside centre, and uh, Minosi the fullback. Uh, and they're three that Minosi was class actually. They're, they're three that I wasn't really aware of because mm. Tommaso Allen, Giraldini played well, Dean Bud played pretty well. Um, obviously Parise, some of his handling was lovely. Um, but yeah, those those three. So. Italy aren't that bad, and certainly aren't that bad. England, did we really learn anything about them? There's a passage no. of play in the first half, which I kind of thought summed up England for large parts of this game, and it was a kick chase, regathered, followed by another kick chase. I'm thinking, please don't, <laughs> this can't be it. <laughs> and the worrying thing for me, more than anything else, is look, teams can make mistakes and they can get exposed, but as far as I'm concerned, England is supposed to be the best defence in the world, well, top three defence in the world, if not the best. I mean, th- that's where they want to be. Yeah. 
yeah, I'd agree with that. And they, they were stretched. Yeah, and that just isn't good enough. Now, when the subs came on, I think um, Eddie Jones, and this is the thing, this is the problem with Eddie Jones, right? They go into that change room and they're all worried, I think, about what's hap- what's going to happen next. The bollocking they're going to I don't get. think anyone's worried. Oh, I think they are. And then when the subs come on, it's the opposite. It's like, it's it's time to win it, to, to win my place back. Oh, I, I well, just, I, I look at England these days and think, even when it's not going particularly well, or even if they're struggling, you just look, you just look there and think, well, Owen Farrell's out there. Chris Robshaw's out there. Mm. It's, it's fine. Or yeah. Exeter Chiefs are out there. So, well, <laughs> there's a few ex-Chiefs yep. Chiefs who played very, very well. Um, just on that, that point about Eddie Jones, the so I thought he managed... Uh, the the one I'd probably highlight most is Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. Who, this was almost like, JJ, you're dropped to an extent, and when he came back in, it was like someone just took a, a rocket up his backside. He, he was... Brilliant! He was everywhere. Yeah, as good as Jonathan Joseph has looked for about six months, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Which I'd actually say is evidence of a positive Eddie Jones contribution. Mm. But on the extra Chiefs, so there were there were four playing in the game. Uh, Sam Simmons, he didn't get the official man of the match. He definitely would have got my man of the match. The, the, what, nine, well, ninety? If he'd have scored his try ninety seconds earlier, I'm sure it would have changed to him. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought he was brilliant. Even even taking those two tries out of the equation and the assist that he got a for Noel, a lot of work in defence. His work rate was brilliant. He's kind of like he, yeah, his work rate's amazing. He doesn't quite hit as hard as Sam Underhill. I think those two as a pair are going to be an absolute nightmare for the future. Yeah. Well, well but uh, what, what I just on Simmons, what I yeah. will say is, it's great. So his work rate is amazing <clears throat> as a number eight. He looked exceptional when there's a weak Tyron defence in front of him. Mm. Against Wales, it will be a totally, totally different ball game. Th- against Ireland, against France, it will just be so different. I, I think he's going to need a bit of help. If if he looks that good playing against those guys, then he's a serious player. Remember, but, he, he but, was... but, a, but a last 20-minute finishing kind of guy to come off when everyone's fit, that's, yeah. that's how you deploy him. That, that would be exceptional as well. Or, I mean... He's the kind of guy who could play eighty minutes at, at seven. Do you know who could help that? lift lift the load from him a little bit in the back row? <laughs> uh, well, it was interesting to hear Ben Kay in commentary saying it's great to see that that's how play- well, Ben Kay. Let me quote quote him almost verbatim. I can't remember exactly what he said, but after Simmons scored his second try, he said. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. You know, this is how you earn international honours. You play well for your club. And he's transferring that form into the international <laughs> arena. And it's great to see. So let me guess. Don, Don Armand. Don Armand, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I tell you what, against a big physical Welsh pack, uh, you know, you're not going to get the rub of the green like Samson's did towards the end. No. And you're going to need that help. You're going to need that, that, that big body. Having said that... Chris Robshaw is an absolute hero. Talk, like, I just love... I, my, his resurgence. I think what, what is, it's amazing to see even people that really, really were... Because he, he was the focal point for a lot of... I don't think anyone's... I, a, Irie yeah. after the World Cup. I, and I was included there. I mean, yeah. I yeah. thought he had a bad World Cup. Um, he did. Uh, I, I tell you what, though. There was a time today when he came off and Underhill came on. I thought, this feels a little bit of changing of the guardy. Hmm. I'm not sure we're quite there yet. It's not. I think it's around the corner. I, I nah. But also, just think about this, right? Think about it. You've been toiling, and you've kind of got the 
the, the upper hand over your, your opposite man over, say, 60 minutes, and you, you've been carrying, and you're just getting a little bit sluggish now, the power's going from your legs, and all of a sudden, Sam, Sam Underhill comes on. And smashes oh, you. Oh. <laughs> I, I just thought, oh, those, poor, those poor lads. I know, because Italy, they have got some outstanding players that we mentioned. They don't have the depth in the first team. And they they certainly don't have the depth off the bench. Yeah, I would have Sam Simmons, Sam Simmons, Sam, Sam Underhill exclusively as a bench player just to shake shake things up <laughs> towards the end for his own safety as much as anyone else's. Mm. Well, the, the, Eddie Jones has got some ridiculous options, absolutely ridiculous. Well, well, there's one position where he doesn't have many mm. options. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know, but I mean, with such a key position um, like scrum half, is it, Eddie is Jones, it attack coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, uh, <laughs> with uh, with such a key position like the scrum half, Eddie Jones wouldn't leave himself exposed. He would have made sure that he had three players that were rotating him regularly in a squad. Oh no, he's just stuck with two well, forever. Was it Willie Hines that was <laughs> scrum half? Jack Maunder was the last one. So Jack Maunder was the last one to play in a squad. Yeah, because I've been looking back through this, but Jack Maunder hasn't started a game. Do you know no. who the last scrum half or the last two scrum halves? Uh, to start games for England were Wigglesworth that weren't care or that weren't care, care or, or Youngs, Youngs. yeah so Wigglesworth must be one Wigglesworth was one of them which was summer uh, 2015 Try so we're so far back now it's probably like Harry Ellis summer 2015 summer 2015 okay so and the other one summer 2015 summer 2015 I will Simpson? go Simpson Simpson I was going to guess nope um, Dawson hold on Do- Dawson uh, it's, keep guessing Get your guesses out there because it's going to take a while. Wow! Oh, hang on. Is he still playing? Uh, he is still playing, not Premiership level. Oh, oh. wow! Oh, oh, oh! Uh, Carl uh, Dixon, Lee Dixon. <laughs> Carl Dixon is the ref, isn't he? He's playing at Bedford. No, he's playing at yeah, Bedford. Bedford. Yeah. Oh, was that? So when... that's how far you have to go back to get a scrum half, not Youngs or Care. Which <laughs> you've got to say is an oversight because it's. <laughs> They've had games tours to Argentina, for example, yeah, where that would have been the perfect place. Yeah, I just don't understand. It doesn't. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand this aspect. Mind you, I'm saying that, and I guess Gatland is the same. Which is, if he had the guys available to him, he does play those guys. So it's not just an Eddie Jones problem, is it? It's if your first teamers are available, do you play your first teamers? And Warren Gatlin would have done the same. I think Schmidt would have done the same. Everyone would have done the same. But so I can't help feel that it is an oversight that he took. So he took Maunder to Argentina, and Maunder has got uh, certainly less than eighty minutes of Premiership rugby this season because yeah. Chudley and Nick White are, and Townsend uh, are far ahead of him. Well, Townsend Maunder, yeah, they they kind of one A one B. Because all the journalists were saying, "Take Robson." He went, "I'll show you, yeah. Jack Maunder. Come on." So it'll be very interesting to see who gets called up because Wigglesworth and Hines and Chudley and Maunder and Townsend have all been involved in his squads. I don't think that Dan Robson's ever been involved in an Eddie Jones squad. Wow. How I just don't understand how he gets to the conclusion he gets to about these players. I just I, don't get it. I do for most of the players, but there's a few that I'm just well, like... Well, like, who? Who would we massively disagree on? So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned I like Don Ormond. Um, I quite, you know, Robson's a good player. Who who do you think he's nail, He's got it nailed on with? Well, I think most of his team is nailed on. Like, I, I, don't have, I don't have many disagreements with his team. So, the 23 that was out there. Yeah, I guess, how, the, only how many, yeah, I guess the only omissions are Ormond, 
Yeah. And a scrum half, really. Yeah. I, I'm, well, yeah. So, so it's again I, I those would... two key positions which you can't like play a a centre on the wing or a winger on a fullback when it comes to hooker and scrum half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which which does make it. Yeah. And they're the, they're the, they're the two positions where he has two options and two options only. Yeah. Significant lack of depth. So it'll be very interesting to see who gets the call. Like again, it probably this will come out in Monday morning. Who's been called up? But who would you guess? I mean, everyone's going to assume it would be Dan Robson. Mm. Yeah, but he's oh sorry. The fact he's not been involved in any of the Eddie Jones squads, it's going to be. Tell you what, it's going to be someone like his name's going to be um, Ian. Ian Williams, and he currently plays college rugby. Harry Simmons had a good game for Leicester in the Anglo-Welsh Cup. Yeah, it's going to be something ridiculous, isn't it? He scored Uh, two tries, didn't he? He's in some some technical college up in Newcastle, but he's playing really well. (laughs) That's who it will be. He's got a father that uh, has 50 caps for Scotland. (laughs) Yeah. Who? (laughs) Uh, Do you reckon he might might go Wigglesworth? Wigglesworth or Robson would be the obvious choices. Yeah. Or he could go for Ben Spencer. Ben Spencer's been involved in the squad. Yeah, Ben Spencer's a possibility, but Ben Spencer has always flattered to deceive, I think. He's never... I don't think he's ever really fulfilled his potential at Saracens. Yes. No, you're right there. Eddie yeah. Jones, if you're listening, don't pick Dan Robson. Whatever you do, don't <laughs> pick Don Armand. Don't pick Dan Robson. <laughs> Gareth Crabtree. That, 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 Gareth. That's, a, that's a guy. England's new scrum half, Gareth Crabtree. <laughs> there we go, sorted. Any other points from this game? Nah. Uh, I do want to revise just generally, though. Um, I, I'm not sure France is my favourite kit. From a distance, yes. But when you go close up, there's that really tight pattern on it that I didn't notice before. Disgusting, isn't it? It's really horrible. I don't mind that. It, it bothers me. I, I, okay. think, I, I, think, I think Italy is my favourite kit now. I do like that Italy kit, actually. I like yeah. the trim. I like it. I love the socks. Uh, do, you know why it's, do you know why Italy play in blue? Oh, um, bearing in mind their, their flag is red, white and green. Um, I do know this, actually. It's the same reason why... Um, Dutch international sides play orange and the same reason why German sides play in black and white which again German flag is red, black and yellow so hang on was hang on Willie Mo- Since it, I do I, I know the answer to this annoyingly go on it's to do with the the royal colours of ah, those countries the yeah. colour so of the royal like Willie of orange and ah, yes so okay yeah I don't know if the orange the orange is the orange is slightly different. It's not the royal, but it's all to do with the royal houses and what their colour colour is. There you go. So that's why they're playing blue. But I think Italy's my favourite kit in the Six Nations, taken over from France, having seen the close-up detail. Uh, do you know what? I think Italy followed by Wales. I think I'm with you there, Jay. Mm. I'm with you. Uh, I reckon the last thing we do, very quickly, Team of the Week. This is something we should do through the Six well, Nations. Hang on, how about domestic news and predictions? Oh, Ooh. God, yeah. We, we be- How long have we been going? We better rattle through. Uh, only, one, only one hour 16. <laughs> well, should, we, should we do a domestic podcast um, tomorrow? Uh, take, to have a little breather for now. You can do if you want. Um, yeah, just a short one. Oh, hang yeah. on. Sorry, I've got uh, John Wilkin and uh, Mark Flanagan, Salford City Reds captain, coming in to- tomorrow to do a Ripley League podcast here. So it's booked up for me. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I bet I don't like to brag. So, well, no, that's, 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 got... no, I'm delighted about that. That means it means you don't have to pay uh, NAS uh, council, <laughs> council tax rates uh, exclusively. Have you not got Mal- it's only a one-off, unfortunately. Not got Malcolm Alka coming in. 
<laughs> no, uh, he's um, he's detained at Her Majesty's pleasure. <laughs> hey, I'm confused. <laughs> what? Balka Malka, right? So when I first came up to um, Manchester, <laughs> I didn't watch Hell Shock because I used to watch Salford City Reds every, not every week, but a lot, a lot of weeks down in the Willows. It was ama- amazing. And the captain in the time then was a guy called Malka Malka. Malka Malka, Malka Malka. That is an official song. I just, I just <laughs> um, And, you know, we used to talk about Malka Malka all the time. Anyway, it popped up in the news the other day because um, he robbed a Domino's pizza with a machete and then um, uh, nipped over to, I think, a news agent and repeated the trick. Wow. Yeah. Lives in some kind of little town outside of uh, Wigan, yeah. which is itself a little town. It was a KFC and a Tesco with, <laughs> with a machete. Wow, what a guy. Four, wow. four years in prison. Yeah, he also went missing from Salford training for undisclosed reasons. Uh, they couldn't find him for a, a couple of months. But he was captain. Tells you everything you need to know about Salford City <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah, I'll tell you, well, this, is, like, this has been exclusively Six Nations. Let's, let's not muddy the water there. Final thing before we sign off with this one. We'll do a quick domestic podcast for tomorrow, and then we'll do a, a preview podcast um, Wednesday or, or it'll probably come out Thursday morning. Um, we'll squeeze it in sometime. So, team of the week. So, I'll tell you what, I'll go through and correct me if you think I'm wrong. Fullback, Lee Halfpenny. Yes. Yes. Uh, with with an honourable mention to Minozzi, the Italian fellow. Yeah. Uh, wingers, Anthony Watson and Steph Evans. Yes. Ooh, maybe Teddy Toma. Just in... just for the try. So, Watson and Teddy Toma. Yeah, but the Steph Evans dive is pretty cool. Yeah, and Steph Evans was very good throughout most of the game whereas yeah. Teddy Thomas just did one thing uh, centres um, I forget the uh, the French outside centre was one that I liked and I Chevron made a note C. of uh, and Parks um, but I, there wasn't really anyone that I thought centre was Parks amazing was Parks was really good so Farrell was Farrell right. was brilliant Farrell and Parks uh, uh, for, and Boney the Italian outside centre yes um, Patchell Ten. definitely yeah Davis nine, yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, front row of Mako Guillaume Gerardo. No, hundred. He's got to be that. that, that Guillaume Gerardo, fr- yeah. French Mako, was Mako, awesome. no. Mako did loads of work. Rob Evans, mate. That boy is a star. I could go. I could go with that. All right, Rob, we'll Evans. Go Rob Evans and the tight head prop. Whoever, whoever. Yeah, you want one of them. One of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of them. Uh, how about Count? Cal- uh, Cal- Cal Masco expert. Um, what's <laughs> James Batty. James Batty. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> S- uh, second row of uh, James Ryan and Corey Hill. Uh, Alan Wynn. Alan Wynn. Alan yeah. Wynn. Alan Wynn and Corey James, Hill. Yeah, or Hendo. Hendo. No, not Hendo. Hendo. That's insane. Okay. Insane. We can argue that one. And then a back row of Sam Simmons at eight. Definitely. And then Shing- Shingler and Navidi. I throw Rob, in, Rob Shaw might be pushing. Throw no, Shingler, Simmons, and Negri. Do you know what? Go on, then we'll go with that. Do you know there's films which the title is made before the film, Face Off, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, next week I'm going to come back with a feature for the, a game next week called Sh- uh, Shingler's List. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. In fact, if you've got any suggestions about how we play Shingler's List, please just uh, yeah. That's what uh, we, on we Twitter should, hashtag Shingler's List. We should do that. We should do that. We should come up with a n- name first, and then then the inve- game. Maybe then Shingler- invent the game afterwards. Yeah, maybe Shingler's. Yeah, give us names for games, and we'll do. Yeah, because um, in Talk H we. Um, <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Do you remember when um, the iguanas had to run through the snakes? Oh, yeah, on um, planet, planet. Yeah, planet Earth, Earth or whatever it was, right? So um, 
our director of rugby saw that and was like, oh, we need to invent a game called Snakes and Iguanas. So we had to sit down for half an hour and make up a game called Snakes and Iguanas. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> if you can think of some rules for Shingler's List, Ham. <laughs> yes. Shing- or, Shingler's. Shingler's List. List. Or you've got a, a better game that we can play. Hashtag Shingler's List. Let, let us know. All right. Perfect. Fantastic. Uh, right, so hit subscribe and you'll get the next episode, which will be a domestic-focused, quick bulletin podcast with all the news and other stuff that's been going on because we've just been going on about the Six Nations for ages. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, hit subscribe and let the boys play. Let the boys play.